WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Hello and welcome to Exposure. My name is Autumn. Unfortunately, Dustin could not make it tonight, so I am in this seat taking over for him. We have a great lineup tonight. We have a l- six guests who are going to be speaking with us. We're going to kick it off with a couple people from the MSU Ag Expo. We have Dr. Kirk Heinze, who is the director of the Ag Expo, as well as Jim Miller, who is the site coordinator. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Hi. Thank thanks you for having us. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. How are you doing? I, I too, am well. <laughs> kind of nervous, you know, kind of <laughs> shaky, but I'm excited to have you guys in here. Great. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about what the Ag Expo is all about? Well, we're in our 29th year here at Michigan State, and Ag Expo is an agricultural trade show, but it's also a, an educational show where uh, we feature a lot of things for the whole family besides agriculture, but related to agriculture. So by trade show, I mean we have vendors who come in and sell agricultural equipment and services, and by educational, we have things that we do in the College of Ag and Natural Resources, like water quality testing and how to control your emerald ash borer. And, how to preserve gasoline that are um, of interest to people who are not just in agriculture. All right, that's pretty cool. Um, now, do you normally bring a lot of people in? Are you expecting a lot of people? Like, Well, the neat thing about the last few years is uh, our attendance at the show has been increasing. When Kirk took over as the director and I started working with him, um, this will be our fifth year doing this together, um, we were we had much lower attendance than we had anticipated the show was going to have, and so we've been increasing that. And this year, I think it'd be great if we could get up to twenty thousand or twenty-five thousand. Oh, wow. um, we haven't quite hit that mark yet, but that would be a great goal to reach at this point. So, well, that's good. Uh, when is this taking place? Well, the show starts next Tuesday, uh, July the fifteenth, and it goes through July seventeenth. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of, of next week. Is that an all-day thing? They're all three days. Yeah, the uh, hours uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, the hours are from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. And then on Thursday, uh, 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Okay. All right. Um, now, you mentioned that it wasn't just, you know, showing things off. You said that there are activities that families can do. Like, are there, is there children-oriented? Yeah. The, one of the neat things that um, has been taking place at Ag Expo the last few years is the College of Agri... Ag and Natural Resources has an entire tent, a 150-foot-long tent, um, f- full of booths from different departments in the university, and they do a real great job of sort of showcasing research and, and things that they're doing, but making it sort of family-friendly, too, because there's a lot of things that the college does that don't just apply necessarily to even just the agriculture population, but everybody at large, like Kirk said. And so they, they have some neat things like face painting in there and the MSU dairy stores in the in the corner of the tent and uh, you might be able to check out some ice cream that they have there. <laughs> um, and so there's, there's neat things in there for people of all ages, which is really a neat thing. Um, we've started doing a, a tractor pull contest that's kind of a neat thing to watch. It's nothing that I was ever into, but after working at the last few years, I always find that pretty interesting to see the different people that have uh, been working on those machines and like to bring them out and show them off for people, and that's a pretty fun event to watch. Um, And something else that's kind of interesting is there's a few different uh, demonstrations, equipment demonstrations, that are sort of ride and drive things. Um, And 
whether you're in the market to buy a, a utility vehicle or not, it's kind of neat to try those out and see how those work. And um, some different things that we have are uh, zero-turn mowers. Those have become a pretty hot item these days. What and does that mean, zero-turn? Well, those are the mowers you see with the guys that have the two sticks that steer them and oh. <laughs> instead of a steering wheel. And uh, they're a little different to drive. And so... Uh, People often are somewhat skeptical that haven't used those before, how those are going to operate, and you can try out uh, numerous brands of those right there in one spot and not have to travel around the state going to different dealerships and stuff like that. So that's pretty neat. I know people really enjoy that. You know, if you've ever mowed uh, any lawns on them, you probably have. Oh, so many. With an, old, with an old-fashioned lawnmower, even a ride-around, sometimes you have to back up and you have to sort of go over the same place. With these zero turns, I mean, you can basically, thats you don't have to... You can just keep mowing, and really? they, they take out around trees and rocks and things. Wow. Uh, they're pretty smooth. They're high-tech. High-tech yeah. lawnmowers. <laughs> Sounds right. like a Zamboni. That's, yeah, okay. what, I, yes. that's what I'm getting We've got to work on Zamboni demonstrations for next year. Yeah, pushing that one. Yeah, yeah, if you know any Red Wings to send up to Ag Expo, I'd be happy to feature them. High profile. Be good. Well, wonderful. Um, this sounds kind of like it's like an amalgamation of different people coming in just is it basically anybody can come in if they have something to offer, or is it strictly from MSU community? No, this is open to anybody, uh, the general public. So we get a lot of folks from agriculture come down to the show, but also a lot of folks from the local community who really want the educational part. And, you know, a lot of people don't know a whole lot about agriculture. So if you can, you can bring the kids and show them the latest in tractors or combines or sprayers or what have you, that's kind of a good learning experience for young people as well. Right, especially because Michigan State is, you know, an agricultural college. How do you plan to, you know, focus on that? Do you plan to, you know, highlight any sort of thing that's character, characteristic of Michigan State in particular, like... Well, I, I think one of the things, they sort of, it, it gets highlighted in different ways each year. Um, when it was the 25th anniversary of Ag Expo, we sort of highlighted how the, the show had existed for 25 years. Um, when it was the 105th, 150th anniversary of the university being around, we really highlighted that as a whole. But it, it really does, um, the show as a whole, because of its focus on agriculture, really does speak to the, the roots of MSU as Michigan Agriculture College, um, but the way Ag Expo looks today sort of reflects MSU today in that it's not just tractors. Right. <laughs> there's there's other things going on there, and the the majority of everything out there is sort of agriculture related, and and the vendors that bring stuff in are really catering to that crowd. But it's become more friendly for anybody to come check it out for their own purposes. My brother John, who works out on the site as well today, was saying, you know. I just realized Ag Expo is completely free. Anybody can come, and you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do. You just can go there. Um, and so it's a really sort of unique event in that way because there's no pressure to spend money or right. <laughs> you don't have to buy a hot dog or whatever. Um, and you can just come on in. And so that's that's sort of a neat part about it is that anybody can come in and check out these things that maybe they've seen from the car window for years and, and, and learn a little bit about that as well as some of these other family-oriented things and kids-oriented things. All right. Um, is it, now you keep talking about the tractors and um, the mowing equipment, but is there any, like, focus on the prod produce or is it just strictly the technology that's going to be highlighted? Well, there are, uh, there are commodity groups there. We call them agricultural commodity groups that represent soybeans and corn, uh, 
We have groups that represent specialty crops as well, and they're always showcasing the latest research uh, for you know asparagus, cherries, plums, what have you. Now we don't actually have actually the organic the MSU yes, student too. organic farm is there, and they do. I think Jim, don't they actually yep. sell some of there's their? There's a there's yeah. a booth right outside the College of A&R mm. tent, um, mm. right on the sort of the main expo drive there. That's the student organic farm. Yes. Well, I believe we have someone coming in yeah. from them today tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and they do out. a great job because you know this is student research and they're actually mm -hmm. growing things and it's benefiting uh, the students and and the university as well. But yeah, it's it's about machinery. It's about food. It's about education. And it's about some of the latest issues in agriculture. I mean, we have programs on biofuels, ethanol, biodiesel. Um, we have programs that look at water quality. We have programs that look at how we use our land, brownfield development. So, like Jim said, we try and stay current with the issues that affect the citizens of Michigan. That's part of the Michigan State University mission, and Ag Expo is just an extension of our traditional land-grant mission. There's some people that come specifically for one of our uh, booths that is the Michigan, the, I forget the official name of it, the Michigan Water Quality, but um, you can get your well water tested for free, and that's that's a pretty valuable thing. Um, you can obviously go a lot of places and pay to get it tested, but mm -hmm. this is a government program that will, um, you can bring in a little vial of, of well water, and they'll test it and most of the time you can find out right there um, I know late on Thursday sometimes they run out of their supplies but you can get your well water tested there and there's people that come from many counties around with that being one of their main goals of coming to Ag Expo is to get their water tested pretty neat service right well that sounds awesome this sounds like it has just so many different dimensions to this thing it sounds like it'd be a really good resource for anybody even if they don't know not a lot about agriculture in general so well, you know, Adam, if you're really interested, you come on out. We'll set you up with a golf cart yeah. and some MSU ice cream, and you'll be in business. I mean, right. <laughs> Sounds awesome, you know. My friend actually was talking about going, so maybe I'll show up, you know. Well, next Tuesday, Wednesday, 9 to 5, and then Thursday, 9 to 3. Okay. So. Uh, is there any place, like, do you guys have a website that our listeners could go to if they wanted more information? Yep, it's www.agexpo, so A G. Expo.msu.edu. Okay. So, and you could, if you can go to the MSU page and search for it there too, it'll get you to it. Awesome. Any so. last words or anything? Well, you, we get some students, but any students who are around here this summer and are looking for something to do, we'd love to see a lot of MSU students out there. And uh, again, we'll welcome them with open arms. Yeah. Because awesome. this is a Michigan State University deal, so it's all green and white. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're going to take a little break. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for coming in. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll take a little break, and we'll get back to you guys after that. All right, great. Thanks for You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. 
For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back. Once again, my name is Autumn. Destin is out of town for the week, so I'm taking over the seat for him. If at any time you want to call in, if you have a question for any of our guests, you can do so at 432-3893, or I'm on the screen name, Impact Exposure, so you can contact me there, and I will relay your question or comment. Uh, right now, we are going to meet with someone who is from the Student Organic Farm. Her name is Corey Pierce. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, we just met with Dr. Heinze, who was representing the Ag Expo. He mentioned that you are going to have a booth out at the Ag Expo. Are you familiar with that at all? Yeah, we uh, have a booth. We've been having a booth there, I think, the last three years. So the horticulture and the College of Ag and Natural Resources. Okay. Um, why don't you tell me a little, about, little bit about what the uh, organic farm does and how it began, I suppose. Cool, yeah. Um, the farm started back in... Let's see, the idea of it from a group of students back in, like, 1999, 2000. And then, um, yeah, the students really wanted a place to hands-on, like, literally get their hands in the dirt and grow food organically, especially. Um, so they got a group together, and they ended up collaborating with uh, Professor John Birnbaum in the horticulture department, um, who was doing some research on growing um, organic vegetables in hoop houses. Okay. And uh, they finally, kind of long story short, got the farm going, and now we're in our fifth season of production, and we we grow um, over 70 different vegetable crops. And then we also grow cut flowers and herbs and um, some small fruits and things like that. Um, we do a CSA program, which stands for Community Supported Agriculture, um, where people buy in shares. Um, and they pay us up front, and then they come out to our farm every week and pick up their share of vegetables. So they get like this big, huge box of lots of different kinds of vegetables that changes every week and changes as the season changes. Um, then we also have a farm stand here on campus on Thursdays from 11 to 5.30. Yeah, I've and seen people standing out in front of the, the odd, right? Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, I've seen people out there, so. Cool. Yeah, and then finally, the last thing that we just started doing is selling our salad mix to Landon Hall, so people can get our salad mix at the salad bar there. I lived there last year, so I might have eaten it on more than one occasion. So cool. <laughs> We're gonna have more there this year, so just kind of started it last year just to get the idea out there. Now, since this is a very uh, young program, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. um, do you have any long-term goals that you hope to achieve? Is there anything going on? Are you just kind of taking baby steps and planning for the short term? <laughs> um, it's funny you should ask that because we <laughs> don't really do much in the baby step way. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> jump in and dive in full force. No, we, yeah, we definitely, we actually teach, we started a program called the Organic Farming Certificate Program last year um, where, where students can take classes and work at the farm for a full year and then they get a certificate at the end so we're in our third or second year of that um, and then we yeah we have more goals to continue that program and 
continue to diversify what crops that we grow and also to help um, to help the people who do our program and who are really interested in organic farming um, get connected with people who have land around the state of Michigan and start their own farms beyond you know here in the school and, and the program but actually take what they've learned and begin their own farms and these small-scale organic farms um, elsewhere all around Michigan and really helped contribute to the local food movement. That's cool. So it's kind of like a, you're building a network. Definitely. That's sure. really cool. Yeah. Um, now, I read on your website that you hold workshops. What mm. are those about? Yeah, this year we we're doing the first year ever of a uh, workshop series. Um, so they're just kind of like cool topics, I guess, that um, are not in our core curriculum, but are topics that people that are involved with our farm are interested in. So a whole wide variety, like growing mushrooms and um, beer making and seed saving and, um, gosh, songwriting and uh, silk screening and a whole bunch of others. We actually have one coming up this Saturday at 9 o'clock um, in, on beekeeping and working with bees, honeybees. So that's out at the farm at 9 a.m. on Saturday. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, now, is it only a student thing, or is there a, w- a way that people who aren't enrolled in Michigan State, is there a way that they can be involved, or is it strictly for the students who are in the certificate program? In the workshops? Yeah. Oh, no, the workshops actually are open to, to anyone. Um, you can email us if you're interested or um, see the website. Um, but to reserve a spot in the workshop, you just have to email us to get a reservation. Um, and they are, it's $15 for non, non-farm, you know, students at the farm. Um, but if that price is going to prevent you from doing a workshop that you really want to do, we can, we can negotiate, <laughs> assuming the workshop's not full. Okay. So a lot of them are getting full, though. Okay. Um, what is the website? What is your website? Then? Oh, our website is um, msuorganicfarm.org. Okay, and your email address in case people just, they really know, they already know, man, beekeeping is awesome, and they want to email you right away. Where, where, where could they contact you? Oh, yeah, it's uh, msufarm at msu.edu. Okay, so. that's cool. Yeah. Um, now you offer living arrangements. Is it is it sort of like, I'm getting like a co-op vibe, it's just mm-hmm. the um, East Lansing Food Co-op, I know that's kind of, I'm familiar with, they do that to the, um, the purchasing a share, and then you get... You know, mm-hmm. that's like kind of what it's the same concept, I suppose. Is the, are you f- affiliated with them in any way? We aren't. Sometimes we have um, sold some produce to them, but um, that's just kind of a random occurrence that we don't have like a contract with them or anything. But yeah, um, you know, people in the community just purchase a a share for, and they the share runs for 16 weeks. So it's a wide variety of students, grad students, faculty, staff, community members. Um, so yeah, it is then that same kind of concept. But the really like people that are attracted to something like this are just interested in knowing where their food's coming from and knowing that it's local and knowing that it's organic or knowing that they're supporting, you know, these students doing this thing out at the farm and learning and all that. So first and foremost, we're definitely an educational farm and uh, you know really trying to teach people how to do this and and then beyond that like community members that can get involved you know that's kind of a bonus and right. it obviously it helps support us too so well that's um, awesome um do you have any last minute comments before you know mm, yeah i guess if 
we are open to people who want to volunteer or get involved in lots of different ways. It's definitely an open farm for people to learn about all these concepts. So we definitely encourage people to come out and, and check it out. Um, and in any way they want to get involved, they can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Um, sure. Once again, Corey is representing the Student Organic Farm, and there will be a beekeeping workshop if you are interested uh, on Saturday at 9 a.m., was it? All right, well, thank you so much for coming in. We're going to take a little break, and after that, we'll get to our next guest. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles... Inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure. Our next guest is uh, from the Michigan Humanities Council. Would you like to introduce yourself? Or? I'm Scott Herco, Public Relations Officer for the Council. Yes. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about why you're here? Um, here uh, was invited by you to talk about uh, the Michigan Author Homecoming. We have three of uh, foremost contemporary authors in uh, American Fiction Today coming to Michigan State University on July 10th, this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. at the Passant Theater of the Wharton Center. And that's Richard Ford, Jim Harrison, and Tom McGuane. All three of them happen to also be Michigan State alumni. Oh, wow. So uh, that makes it a very unique and special occasion to bring them back. Uh, they both have not been back to campus in many years and uh, we wanted to end our Great Michigan Read year-long literature program with a big send-off, a smashing kickoff um, for the future and to keep people thinking of the need to read and to keep literature in mind. And not only is reading fun, but it's also very informative. And uh, this is one way to do that and by having three very well-known authors come back to and nationally, internationally, critically acclaimed authors coming back to Michigan State. Where did you say they were going to be coming to? Like the they're going to be coming the to the Wharton, Wharton Center. Center right? Yeah, the Wharton Center, the Passant Theater, which is not the Great Hall Theater, but the other the other theater, which is a six hundred seats, I believe. Uh, uh, at seven thirty, they will uh, have a discussion. They're going to sit down and they're going to talk about life. They're going to talk about literature, writing, uh, poetry, some of the encounters they likely uh, had over the years, uh, some ways that they've crossed paths. Maybe they'll talk about the alma mater, Michigan State, their times back <laughs> here. Um, maybe some nostalgia. It's really going to be open-ended. It's up to them. Uh, Bill Castanier is a writer for the Lansing City Pulse. He will be moderating. He has spoken to these three over the years and knows their, their work very well. 
And so he will be moderating, uh, moderating. but there will be an opportunity for the audience to ask questions uh, of these noted authors, uh, and uh, we invite everybody to come out and check it out. Awesome. So it's going to be kind of, is there a stage there? Or is yeah, it- it's, uh, we talked about, well, how are you going to set up the stage? You know, uh, uh, we're going to have some uh, very relaxing chairs. We're going to try to make it like a homey atmosphere, as if that they were all sitting in a living room. And so that should be the setup as you envision it. And they're going to be sitting around talking. Pretty and, casual. Yeah, very casual. And that, that's part of the point is it to be a casual, open dialogue uh, amongst the three, shared with um, the public who, who uh, we, we expect to be a very engaged uh, atmosphere there. And uh, they're, they're all, I've had the opportunity to correspond with them, and they're all very excited to come and, and, and be back um, to campus. Um, they all have not been together at the same time in public before. So while two of them both live in Montana, that's uh, Jim Harrison and, and Thomas McGuane, they live in Montana. Uh, the third, uh, Richard Ford, lives in Maine, and they might see each other in pairs here and there, but they've all never been together at the same stage at the same time. So that also is a historic, unique uh, opportunity. That's awesome. Now, you said this is kind of culminating the um, Great Great Michigan Read. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Well, the Great Michigan Read was uh, created in response to the National Endowment of of the Arts report that demonstrated there is a decline in the reading of literature, um, especially among uh, 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 both youth and adults across the nation. And this is in the last uh, five to ten years with the advance of technology, uh, people picking up a book and a good book and reading it, uh, it's declined. And so to address that and understanding the impact that reading has in our lives, we have uh, created The Great Michigan Read. Uh, We picked a book by Ernest Hemingway, who spent his summers in northern Michigan, uh, and his summers inspired him to write the Nick Adams stories. And many of the stories are based, you can read them, and they're, they're, they talk about Michigan. They're, they're based in Michigan. It's, it's pretty uh, interesting if you're from the area and from northern Michigan to read some of the places that, he, uh, th- that you might know, Mancelona or, or Petoskey or Little Traverse Bay. These are stories that Ernest Hemingway wrote about um, or places that Ernest Hemingway wrote about in his stories and the Nick Adams stories. And so we, had, we created that and dispensed it to uh, disseminate it across the state, asked people to read it. They could pick up the book. We had retail partners um, that uh, had copies of the book in their stores people could pick up. We had extra copies sent to libraries across the state to make the book available. And then we engaged, uh, it ended up over 200 200 organizations in over 135 communities in Michigan created some form or fashion of a program to become engaged in this literature. And uh, so it could be like a fish fry, because Hemingway is a big fisherman. So it could be a fish fry. could be an art contest inspired by some of the, the, the writings of Hemingway in, 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 uh, in his Nick Adams stories. Uh, uh, there were other contests. We had a, a, a Hemingway beard lookalike contest. <laughs> you know, anything that would could get people to be inspired to read and to read literature and to make the connection that Michigan has strong, solid base of literature. And uh, this is this has been immensely successful to us. Um, Three hundred thousand copies of Ernest Hemingway's Big Two Hearted River were disseminated in the Detroit Free Press across the state. Uh, so yeah, these are these were new experiences for us to create this type of programming and to have that type of wide, far-reaching impact to thousands and thousands of Michigan residents has been 
overwhelmingly successful. And how better to keep Michigan focused on the need to read by looking to the future and to our next great Michigan read by bringing three critically acclaimed authors back to focus. They might, they will, hopefully they'll talk about Hemingway as well. Right. And how Hemingway impacted them. Now, when did this begin? When was the, when was the begin of the Great Michigan Read? What yeah, month? Yeah, the Great Michigan Read. Start, we kicked it off in Petoskey, which was a uh, you know a home base for uh, for the Petoskey was a home base for Ernest Hemingway when he spent his summers up north, and uh, we kicked it off last July. And so it's a year long program. Now it's July again. We're about ready to uh, to conclude it, looking for the future. And if people are interested in submitting titles for the next Great Michigan Read, uh, they could go to our website, michiganhumanities.org, send us titles, learn more about the Great Michigan Read program, learn more about the Michigan Author Homecoming this week, and, and get to get involved. We're, we're, it's a very open program. We're welcoming to anybody to participate in the process. So are you targeting any specific audience, or is this for young people through adults and seniors, or...? Uh, actually, no. I, I, uh, the National Endowment for the Arts report focused primarily on adults, uh, and that was what inspired the Michigan Humanities Council to create this program. Uh, we were also looking for a signature program, something that the Humanities Council could consider their own, uh, as opposed to um, creating something that we continue to do, and that is create uh, uh, we make funds of grant funds available to communities to be engaged in public humanities programming. Uh, we we continue to do that, but we wanted something where we were actually going to create our own program and then deliver that program into communities. And so it's a little bit different take on that, and um, that's what we were able to do with this specific program. Well, awesome. Um, do you have anything to say to tie it all up? Or? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, if people who love to read, if people are interested in literature, if people are interested in these three uh, icons, contemporary icons of American literature, uh, then here is your opportunity to come out and see them. It's a once, uh, it's likely a once in a lifetime uh, experience. They're all, nobody's getting any younger, and the, these three included. And uh, that said, for them to come back to Michigan State and have an opportunity to actually become engaged in the public, uh, here's your opportunity to do that. Uh, and so, and they're all, like I said, uh, they're critically acclaimed. Richard Ford has won a Pulitzer Prize for his novel Independence Day. Uh, uh, Jim Harrison, his, he's probably the, the most prolific author, the best well-known Michigan author with uh, you know, more than uh, 15, 20 books to his name. Uh, and many of them have been adapted to screenplays, such as Legends of the Fall, uh, Wolf, uh, are, are two very well-known movies, uh, Hollywood movies. Uh, and Thomas McGuane has also uh, done some directing, and I actually have his book here, Gallatin Canyon. I've been reading through it, and it's just absolutely an excellent collection of short stories. And if people want to just pick up a book and read short stories, pick up the Nick Adams stories by <laughs> Ernest Hemingway or Gallatin Canyon, by uh, Thomas McGuane. Um and Richard Ford has some short stories out as well. Rock Springs is a is a collection. They all do, but um, they're all excellent authors or foreign-known uh, authors in America. And here's your opportunity to, to come out and to see them in Michigan instead of going and knocking on their door in Montana. <laughs> uh, uh, but here they are coming back to East Lansing, and it, here's your opportunity to ask them some questions. What do they think of East Lansing? What do they think of literature today? If you are a writer or an aspiring writer, 
Here's your opportunity to ask them a question about what they think of the challenges of writing, what they think are the challenges of publishing literature in America today. Here's your chance to uh, ask them a question of what their thoughts are about that. Um, aside a lot of the basic questions about, well, what do you think of Hollywood and that sort of thing. Right. So they've all had their, their fair share of that as well. But, uh, but uh, you know, for more information, if, you, if people wanted to go to michiganhumanities.org, that's our website. We have uh, a lot of information about each of the three authors as well as as of the event itself. You know, it's uh, 7.30 this Thursday, July 10th. Um, the doors will open at 6.45. And it's the Passant Theater at the Wharton Center. So seating is limited. So there's only, you know, so, so the fact that uh, we're making it open to the public uh, means that there's, you know, there's only so many seats available. Right. So first come, first serve. The sooner you get there, the better your seat. And we'll have a book signing afterwards as well. They'll hang out for a little bit afterwards, That's and, cool. and and you can you might have the opportunity to, to put a bug in their ear or and or um, get your book signed by them. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate having you here and telling us all about this. Um, once again, michiganhumanities.com or go? michiganhumanities.org. Org, even. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. We're going to take a little break before we get to our next guest. So thank you again. Thanks. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. Coming up in just a little bit, we are going to talk to a representative from Project Vote Smart, as well as someone from Linking Lansing and you. But right now, we are going to talk to MSU's Carol Anur. His name is Ray McLellan. Let's get him. We have a, he's going to be calling in for us. Hello, Ray. Are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. Hello. My name is Autumn. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Autumn. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what a carillon is, first, yes. for anybody unfamiliar with that. Well, you're probably familiar with Beaumont Tower, and in Beaumont Tower we have a carillon, um, which has 49 bells. The biggest bell weighs two and a half tons, and the smallest bell weighs 15 pounds. And these bells are played from a keyboard, something like a piano keyboard, but the, but the keys are much bigger than a, than a piano. You don't use your fingers, you use your your fists, closed fists, and your feet to play. And so we can play all kinds of um, great music on it. And so we're having a series of concerts this summer, our annual Milder Summer Carillon series. And we started last week, and I play tomorrow night, Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock. 
and it goes through the uh, last Wednesday of July, July 30th. So we have guest visitors, uh, guest caroliners from uh, California and from Florida, and then the final concert are Sally Harwood and Patricia Johannes, who are assistant caroliners here at MSU. So um, we have a good lineup of music, and we play a variety of music on these concerts, um, some classics, some folk, some pop music. So it's a wide variety of music for all, for all kinds of audiences, and the audience can sit outside on the grounds around, around the tower and uh, listen to the concert. People like to bring picnics and um, you know, bring a blanket or a chair and uh, just enjoy the concert. Uh, concerts usually run about an hour long, and um, following the concert, we do open the tower for tours and a demonstration of the Carolina afterwards. So there's a lot of variety and a lot of possibilities for people. Oh, wonderful. Um, now, do you do tours of the Beaumont Tower? Can people come in the Beaumont Tower, or is do people generally stay outside on the grid? Following the concert, yes. Following the concert, they can come in um, and have to be able to climb 73 steps to where the uh, Carolinas played up in what we call the playing cabin. And they can see um, see somebody. I'm not. I'm going to have one of my students play um, and do the demonstrations, and they can also take a look. The bells up there. Wonderful. Now this is um, the twelfth year that the Milder Summer Carillon series is happening, right? That's right. Um, you ha- are bringing in other Caroliners from around the world. That's right. Are you familiar with the other people coming through? Yes. Um, I've played in. Um, a lot of Carolines in um, Belgium and Netherlands and um, France, and then, of course all across the country. So, and then I'm a member of the Guild of Caroliners in North America, and so I, yes, I know a lot of the Caroliners, and um, we try to schedule um, uh, visitors to come and play a lot of recitals in Michigan because there's the possibility to play 13 Carolines in the state, and so um, a Caroliner may be playing here. Uh, maybe playing at noon tomorrow at Grand Rapids and then playing here in the evening. And they can play all three different parts of the state. Um, Detroit area has several Carillons. Um, Western Michigan, um, Grand Valley State University has two Carillons, and there's two in Ann Arbor. So there's a lot of variety, and every Carillon is different, so that makes it interesting for the performer. Wonderful. Um, you said there are 13 Carillons? There are 13 Carolines. Oh, Carolines. And there's hopefully a few more Caroliners than that. But um, mm-hmm. we have several here who play the Caroline. And um, uh, we have volunteer Caroliners. And um, I play during the, during the uh, school year. I play on Tuesdays at noon. And then, of course, I play on the recital series in the summer. And then um, year-round, some of my assistants um, play at noon on weekdays. And they open the tower also for um, the public to visit and see the Caroline. Now I'm obligated to ask for my own curiosity. Every time the bells go off, is there somebody in there poking around on the keyboard? Well, obviously, um, during the when it's ringing the, the striking the hour and the quarter hour and the half hour, um, it's computerized. Um, but when we when you hear musical pieces coming from the carillon, then it's um, always a person playing. The there is a computer that can pro- be programmed to play some melodies, but it's only part of the carillon. So if you hear music, then it's somebody up there playing. All right, and you are performing tomorrow, correct? That's you correct. Uh, what time was that at again? Six o'clock, and um, just come and be here around six. And as I said, people um, sit outside and listen. So that's there's a, a lot of uh, beautiful gardens, and the grass looks really green this year because of all the rain. Right. Yeah. 
Um, now, would you advise families to come, or is this more an adult-oriented thing? All, everybody. All families come, um, young children, older adults, everybody comes, um, and they all enjoy it. I mean, children come, in, and if they're not listening to the concert, they may be playing and stuff, but it, everybody enjoys it. And uh, so, yeah, it's a great event. Well, wonderful. Um, I must say, it truly is an honor having you on the show. I very much appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to say to tie it all up? Well, just come every Wednesday through the end of July. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and after that we are going to talk to Caitlin from Linking, Lansing, and you. Once again, Ray McClellan, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. You can check him out tomorrow by the Beaumont Tower. Thank you for calling in. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that? Smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89-second play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into the Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you can win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back here to Exposure. My name is Autumn. DeDustin is out of town for the week. If you are just joining us, I'll give you a little rundown of what we have already covered. We have a plethora, plethora, excuse me, of guests who have come in this evening. We have met with. Uh, we just talked to Dr. Ray McLellan, who is MSU's Carolanur, who will be performing tomorrow at the Beaumont Tower. Before that, we uh, talked to um, Scott Herco, who was representing the Michigan Humanities Council. Um, Corey Pierce was before that from the Student Organic Farm, as well as Dr. Kirk Heinze from the Ag Expo. Right now, we are going to be speaking with a woman named Caitlin. I'll let her introduce herself. She is from Linking, Lansing, and You. Hello, Caitlin. Hello. Hi, my name is Autumn. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself for the listeners? Of course. Um, my name is Caitlin Malloy. I am the director of a program called Linking Lansing and You for the City of Lansing's Economic Development Corporation. Wonderful. Now, what is the purpose of that? The program has is a mayoral initiative um, that is based on attracting and retaining young talent and recent grads. 
Um, it is based around the fact that MSU is located so close to us in the area and that we would love to keep just a percentage of all the students that graduate from MSU every year to help our economy thrive. Right. Do you see a lot of, I'm, gu- I'm guessing, a lot of people taking off, just giving up on giving up on good old Lansing and Michigan in general, right? Yeah, it's um, Mich- the whole state of Michigan is experiencing what everybody calls the brain drain, where um, we have great institutions that educate all of our young people, but then once they graduate, they pick up and they move to somewhere, um, whether it be Madison, Wisconsin, or Chicago, or somewhere along those lines, um, thinking that there's no opportunity here. And we really want to change that impression of the state. Now, what sort of thing do you do in order to achieve that goal? We have a number of different programs. Um, It all started from something called a job shadow day. And uh, what that was is we had an open registration for students to sign up for one day to experience one day in the life of blank, any profession you can think of. We had anything from the medical field up to accounting. So um, it was a very broad range, and since then we've built a lot of programs off of that. And actually right now we're in the middle of our um, summer internship series. And what that is is it's a program for any interns that are in, that are in the area staying on campus this summer. And um, so we can show them the other side of life in, in the Lansing area. So it's not just you go to work every day and then you go home and you're bored because none of your friends are on campus anymore. It's you go to your internship all day, and then we take you out at night, and we show you different hotspots in the city. We've taken them to a ball game. We've catered lunches that they get to network with um, local professionals. It's just a really great program altogether. Wonderful! It sounds awesome. Um, do you just do you plan or do you advertise as well? Uh, what like do you rely on yourself to kind of just get the word out? How does that work? Um, I actually I have a partner at MSU. His name is Paul Jakes, and he is out of Career Services. And um, we work closely with actually a lot of the Career Services departments. And what we do is it's just advertised on My Spartan Career. It's advertised online through email. And students have just been signing up for the listserv. And we've got about 160 students so far that have been participating this summer, which is a great, you know, a nice big number. Um, of course, we'd always welcome more. But we just advertise that way, and students then go and tell friends, and a lot of people have just heard from word of mouth and things of that sort. So um, it's more that, you know, I'll take this opportunity to just say if anybody's interested, if anybody's around this summer, um, feel free to contact me, and I can give my contact information to you. Well, why don't you uh, give that out right now? I suppose it would be a good time to, you know, shout out and give out, give out your information in case people are interested right now. Okay, so my phone number at work is uh, 517-483-4041. I would give you my email address, but it's kind of long, so I think if you just call (laughs) and leave me a message, we'd get in contact with us that way. Um, But, yeah, if you just give me your name and basically your email, that's all we need. It's not a mandatory program. It's a free program for students. So they just pick and choose which events they'd like to come to. Um, we give away prizes and things of that sort at our events as well, and it's a great chance to meet local employers, whether you're looking for an internship for next year or one during the school year, or if you're about to graduate and you're looking for employment. Okay. Um, do you have a website that you can um, give out maybe that the listeners can go to if they don't, not sure if they want to check out, if they can find more information before they make any sort of commitment or anything? Yeah, of course. Um, We have a temporary website right now um, located on the city's website, um, which is just lansingmi.gov or citylansing.gov. And um, 
So we're located under there for, for right now. We're, we're in the works of getting a more interactive website. Um, we also have a Facebook group that keeps people up to date on the different events and the dates that are coming up. Um, so if you do a search on Facebook, you'll find us there. Um, under just a different club or organization, you have to become a fan of it. Um, so that's another great way to keep track of what's going on. Um, also, you know, if you just show up to an event and talk to people that have been to past events, you'll find out uh, what's, go- what's been going on the whole summer and what is to come as well. All right. Um, you have basically said that your target audience is young adults and recent college grads and even people who are still in college. Do you have anything that, you know, focuses more on a family sort of atmosphere or is it generally just the young adults? Um, the city of Lansing itself has, has um, in the past, focused a lot on family issue. We have a lot of families in the area already. Um, so what we're looking is to gain new, these young adults that will soon be having you know, family to come along with them and to just build and flourish our um, population that way. Um, we do a lot of catering to families as well, and there's a lot of programming that goes along with that, and we really thought that we were missing the young generation programming. So that's what um, my program concentrates on. Okay. Um, I guess, do you have any more last-minute words that you want to encourage people to join, or are you, like, what? what if you had to give one statement to sum up your organization, what would that be? Hmm. One statement would be, you know, give give the state a chance. Don't give up. Don't give up on the area. And um, come on out. Join the program. You'll meet a lot of young people that are already in the working world that can already tell you um, how great it's been since they've, you know, graduated one or two years ago and they've got a job and a great place to live and all of that kind of stuff. And we've got great nightlife. So just come on out to an event and um, hang out for a little while and you'll see for yourself. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Caitlin. I really appreciate us, you know, getting together and being able to talk about this. Um, Once again, she is representing Linking Lansing and you. Thank you very much for coming or calling in. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break before we get to our last guest, so stay tuned. Stick around for that one. Thank you. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. My name is Autumn once again. If you have any opinions or any questions for our guest, our coming guest, you can call in at 432-3893 or you can reach me on the screen name Impact Exposure. We just talked to Caitlin from Linking Lansing and You, and right now we're going to talk to Adelaide Kimball, who is representing Project Vote Smart. Let's get her on the line. Hello, Adelaide. 
Hi. Hello, my name is Autumn. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I very much appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I've been meandering around your website. I can only imagine the rush that you guys have been in. Well, we are super busy. We get our website on 40,000 candidates and elected officials get millions of hits a day already. (laughs) We're a long way from the November election. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't imagine you guys just... Now, you're driving around the country. Yeah, why don't you, I guess, give a rundown of what your organization is trying to accomplish here? Well, Project Vote Smart has spent 16 years, about 100,000 people, Democrats and Republicans and third-party and independents, have all been uh, building what we call a voter self-defense system. It's a um, basically a huge library of information that's factual, that's accurate, it's relevant, uh, to people's concerns, uh, and it tells them just about everything they want to know about where candidates stand on the issues, uh, where their money is coming from, who's behind them, how they're, what kind of grades they get from special interest groups, backgrounds, contact information. We're tracking every presidential candidate, all the gubernatorial, congressional, U.S. House, Senate, and state legislative candidates in the country, and we are actually right now testing, uh, and with a particular test, Michigan candidates uh, for Congress and state legislatures. So what, what we pull together is um, uh, just a, uh, an enormous um, shield of facts that any citizen can use when they're confronted with the claims and counterclaims, the, um, the distortions and manipulative statements that so many of the candidates make when they're running for office. So you kind of just outline basic the basic policies, right? Well, we, we actually collect their voting records. If they're in Congress or the state legislature, you can see how they voted on the issues you care about. Wow. You can see if whether uh, groups that um, have interests on that issue are giving them money. Are they getting you know, money from uh, um, lawyers and lobbyists? Are they getting money from environmental groups or education groups or farmers <laughs> or whatever? Um, you can find out what they've been saying. We actually have the speeches and public statements of um, all the presidential, congressional, and gubernatorial candidates and incumbents around the country, and you can search them by keyword or phrase. So if your uh, particular interest is in the, uh, on the um, war in Iraq, you can type that in and see what any of these candidates, Barack Obama, John McCain, any of these other candidates have said about that issue, who they said it to, when they said it, and really it allows you at a snap of your fingers to be your own researcher. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> How many um, <laughs> interns and volunteers do you have at, right now? Well, we have, uh, we're headquartered, first of all, on a 150-acre ranch in the middle of the Montana Rockies. It's just spectacular here. We have T1 lines in, so it's high-tech in the wilderness. And we've got about 41 interns from all over the country here right now. We have uh, volunteers of all ages, and we've got about 45 staff members here. So they're, right this minute, they're probably 120 or so people working at this ranch. They put in their time all day long uh, gathering voting records and data entering proofing data, and then they can go out and um, climb a mountain or learn to fly fish or swim in the lake or something. So the the idea that we're as far away from Washington, D.C. as possible kind of lends some credibility to our, to our effort. People seem to trust us a little bit more. It, and by the way, it is... Speaking of trust, it is completely a nonpartisan effort. In fact, um, our founding board has included Presidents Carter and Ford. Uh, currently, Michael Dukakis and Bill Frist are on our board, Newt Gingrich, Geraldine Ferraro, 
Um, it has to be balanced across the political spectrum, and we protect um, our reputation also through our funding. We're funded entirely by foundation grants and individual contributions. Um, and I wanted to mention, I'm so happy uh, to talk with you today because we are actually delivering this voter self-defense system uh, directly to, to uh, the public, uh, to people in Lansing um, this weekend. Uh, we will be, our, we have um, a 45-foot traveling research center. It, is, it has gone coast to coast. It's already logged 25,000 miles, but it is actually delivering this, our resources to people there in Lansing. It will be there this Friday, uh, July 11th, at the Lansing Community College um, from 6 to 10 p.m. And people can visit that bus. It's open to, we encourage anybody to, everybody to come. Uh, it's got 12 computer stations with free Wi-Fi access. It's got a, a film theater with uh, 22 seats. We show our, the film about Project Vote Smart how we do this work. Um, it's got some exhibits that are a lot of fun. It actually shows people how they can use our voter self-defense system to strip candidates, literally, of the claims and counterclaims and the hype and the spin that they're spewing out and actually find out what's underneath, see what they really look like. So um, it, it's a way for, for people there in Lansing to actually learn how to use the voter self-defense system uh, right now in order to, to uh, protect themselves from the mudslinging that's going on. Okay, um, I actually have a question about that, um, what you're going to be bringing to um, Lansing now. That's Saturday from 6 to 10 p.m., right? It's, it's Friday, July Oh, Friday. Okay, Friday. Excuse me, my, yeah. m- my apologies. Friday, okay. you're going to be in Ann Arbor earlier that day, right? Yes, we are. Uh-huh. Okay, and um, now my friend and I were at a concert last night. This may seem unrelated, but I promise I'm getting to a point. While we were waiting in line, there was somebody standing out there with a voter registration clipboard asking people to register to vote. Are you going to be bringing an opportunity like that, or is it just mostly to inform people of the policies of the candidates? We can uh, help people register to vote on our website, and we will do that for anybody who wants to to uh, get on one of those 12 computers. We'll walk them through the process. It's an online application. So, yes, we can a- absolutely do that. Um, but, but beyond that, our real goal is to uh, help people become informed voters. You know, everybody cares about um, specific issues passionately in, in most cases, and yet most of the candidates are not talking about the issues that the, that people care about. They're, they've polled, they've measured us, um, and they've decided to talk about issues that won't hurt them. <laughs> they will use language that they've tested to make sure that they don't pay a price for for saying, making public statements. And so we allow citizens with this database of um, millions of facts to completely bypass the campaigns if they want to and get at the information that, um, that they know has been protected from any perception of slander bias and, and is easy to get and, and is relevant to their own concerns. You know, I think that's a great cause. I think it's awesome that you guys are doing that. Um... Now, do you have any last-minute, um, anything you want to say to tie up your, I guess, a reason people should come out? Yeah. Um, I would say there is nothing like this um, opportunity in the country. You'll never again see a blue and red striped bus <laughs> that that is, uh, is filled with such a powerful information system that will help you become a, become the best citizen you could ever become by being an informed voter. We all want to know what we're doing when we go to the polls, and there's no way to do it except, um, really, except get at information you trust. And our bus is chock full of that, 
And it's going to be fun. Besides, there's a ball. You can write messages to your candidates. We'll interview you if you want to tell the candidates um, what you think about their behavior. Uh, you can do all of those things on the bus. So we hope that everybody will turn out um, on Friday. It'll Again, it's uh, July 11, 6 to 10 p.m. at the Lansing Community College at 315 North Grand Avenue there in Lansing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Um, it's great to talk to you. And by the way, our web address is votesmart.org. If you want to check it, uh, check up on it, the bus schedule is there, and you can uh, kind of get a preview of what our what our data looks like. And what was that web address again? Votesmart.org. Wonderful. And our bus schedule is pub- uh, published there as well, so the, the address is there if someone didn't didn't get a chance to write it down. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much again. I very much appreciate you calling in, and hopefully I, I might see you out there. Oh, I hope you'll cover it, Autumn. That would be great. They'd love to see you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Once again, that was Adelaide Kimball representing Project Vote Smart. Well, that about wraps it up for Exposure. Right now we are going to hand things off to Doug and Karina for the Progressive Torch and Twang. So you might want to stay tuned for that. But they have a lot of great tunes lined up for us this evening. Um, On behalf of... All of our guests tonight and myself, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.